Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. On behalf of Pastors David and Nicole Binion, thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church. Now, let's listen to today's message. We are wrapping up our Red Letters series tonight. We're wrapping up the Red Letter series, but as you said, we will we'll for- always we'll we- always be uh, talking about Jesus. Yes, we will <laughs> always be Jesus. speaking, teaching the words of Jesus. But we've been in a series, I don't even know when we started it now, back May or June or something, um, teaching on uh, the Red Letters, um, teachings of Jesus. And so we are wrapping it up tonight. With a sequel with a sequel to what you preached a couple weeks ago. It's three or four weeks ago now. I talked on the crucible. So I, powerful. I have never uh, have had uh, the response. I, I mean, I can't, I've forgotten how many people said, will you please give us more of the crucible? Uh, do part two. And I was like, no. That was too you know, weighty. You know, that's that was... a really mature people right there that says, will you please give us more of the crucible? <laughs> and so I decided I wasn't going to do it. Then Nicole decided she was and, uh, and wanted me to help. <laughs> well, I just wanted to break some things down as we wrap this up. And um, I, I just, last week was so powerful. Bishop Garlington was here. We Ooh. felt like we just broke open some things in the atmosphere here. It was a breakthrough night for us. I would encourage you if you missed it to go back and, and watch uh, the, the live stream on, on YouTube, but it was so powerful. Um, we've been in uh, just this season of transition, but God has been so faithful to meet us here in this new space, in this new season. And um, but that Even word- tonight, even tonight, I mean, just the sense of the presence of the Lord mm-hmm. uh, was so beautiful. And evident. Um, and I, I really felt this during worship before we m- move into what we're really having a conversation tonight. Um, uh, this is really going to be a conversation. But I just wanted to speak to, as we were singing that song, um, More Than Able, You Are More Than Able, I really um, just wanted to speak to a spirit of Antichrist that would say, that God really isn't who he says he is. Uh. That maybe this really is too big for him. Or maybe scripture just says one thing. But You know what saying that makes me feel like? Mm. That makes me feel like standing up in the face of the antichrist spirit in the earth and say, we're here, we're strong, and we're not backing down. There's some darkness. There's a job to be done. And it's going to take people with the light of God in their lives to get it done. Yeah. And I just, I want to encourage you, anytime you're hearing that voice, the voice of the enemy that would say, um, that's not real. That's not real. That's not I would encourage you to say, I renounce the spirit of Antichrist 
in the name of Jesus. And why don't you just do that anyway? You don't know. Maybe you need a little deliverance right now. And sometimes deliverance comes when you renounce. Yes. So why don't you say right now, your words, your words say, I renounce. I renounce. I don't want you to just say it to get it in the air. I want you to say it over your own self. I renounce the spirit of Antichrist. Now I command you to be free from that spirit. name of Jesus. Okay, so let's let's do a little recap. The yeah. crucible. How many of you were here when we spoke on the crucible? Um, it was such a weighty word from the Lord. Uh, and the, the overarching message was uh, this term that's throughout scripture, the, the idea of brokenness. Yeah. Uh, we're going to read you. We're going to give you some red letters real quick before we yeah. dive into this. Well, this yeah, this is really our key scripture for tonight. We're going to, we're going to um, Luke, read many scriptures. but Luke 22 and 42, the words of Jesus. Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. I would say there are those of you in the room right now not willing to drink the cup of your own circumstance. I want you to hear these words and I want you to hear them the way Jesus really prayed them. He prayed so intently that he sweat drops of blood. So this wasn't just something that we can read over really quick and not understand that he was crying out, Father! greatest words in the Bible was this next one. Nevertheless. Not my will, but your will. This is the Son of God praying this crucible prayer. Okay. Uh, where do we go? Help me get get this on the <laughs> on the track. <laughs> um, just as we were sitting and, and talking last night in our kitchen preparing for tonight, um, just the presence of the Lord was just so uh, real to us in our conversation. And I really wanted to um, talk a little bit more about even what we mean. And I think probably most of you in, in the room um, know what we mean when we say brokenness. But I wanted to bring some clarity that when we refer to being broken, it, it's not like, you know, you drop a glass and it shatters in a million pieces. That's not the brokenness. We know that when we come to the Lord, he, you know, he takes the broken pieces of our heart and of our lives and, and heals us and makes us whole, okay? But what we are talking about when we say brokenness is like... Um, you, when an animal is broken, when, when you break a horse, that means you the horse becomes submitted and yielded to its master. It becomes obedient, and so it becomes useful, useful is in the, the hands of its master. And so that is what we are referring to when we say God wants you broken. Because he wants you to be useful. Yeah. 
fully yielded, fully surrendered to him. Okay, so I wanted to, to bring clarity to that. Um, our level of use in the master's hand equals the level of our brokenness. Remember I talked about the little uh, pouch of stones that David carried. And uh, he collected five stones. Uh, one preacher said it's because Goliath had four big brothers and David wanted to be prepared. In reality, it, it's whether there were four brothers, that the idea of carrying the stones, it's that David's life experience prepared him yeah. already. He was able to take that stone. Even Bishop said last week, he talked about one of the tribes that went to war with, uh, with Israel. There, there were a, a, an army of men that their specialty was to be able to sling stones and release in such a velocity that the, the impact of that stone was, it was just like the, an, an entire army, was a, that was their specialty. So this was a significant thing, the, the stones that we carry. And I, and I talked about uh, our own life experience yeah. is what we carry around with us. And we can, that, that life experience can either shape you into a, uh, a place of being used by God or it can cause you to be a bitter, broken, shattered person. Yeah. Yes, humility comes out of brokenness. Pride comes out of unbrokenness. You know, scripture says that the Lord resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Psalm 51, 17, which I think you used the scripture yes. a few weeks ago. Psalm 51, 17. This is the psalm that David wrote when the prophet Nathan came to him and confronted him about his sin with Bathsheba and killing her husband and all that he did and, and tried to cover up. And Nathan the prophet came and... Um, confronted David, and David writes this whole psalm, create in me a clean heart, renew within me a right spirit. And so verse 17 of that chapter says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. So what does brokenness produce in us? Humility, we just said humility comes from brokenness, obedience, and Christ-likeness. The goal of the life of a disciple of Jesus Christ is to be like him, be like Jesus. And so brokenness add, produces add, this. I'm add one to that list. Mm -hmm. Brokenness produces the nearness of Jesus. Yeah. David wrote in another psalm, he's near yes. to the brokenhearted. Yep. If, you, if you feel like your life is in a broken place, I just want to suggest to you that you've never been more close to him. You might not be aware of it, but the Lord is near. You are near, always near to the brokenhearted. Yeah. We used to sing that. Yes, 
um, Jesus said of himself, this is the only scripture, and I referenced this a while back in the message, but this is the only place in scripture where Jesus describes himself. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. This is, I love this. I love this. This is the only place, you and I talked about this several weeks ago, the only place where Jesus describes himself. Just say it again. Yeah. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Um, but here's the thing. Even Jesus' heart was tested. We see in Hebrews chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, say, Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. This is... The Son of God, Emmanuel, God with us, God in flesh, <laughs> um, who learned obedience through the things he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. So if Jesus learned obedience through the things he suffered, does that mean he was disobedient and then became obedient? No, because Hebrews also says that he, he was perfect and sinless and he never sinned. But what this means is that Jesus learned obedience, not in the sense that he moved from disobedience to obedience, but that he moved from untested or untried obedience to fully tested fully tried obedience. Jesus was being tested at every point and he proved himself obedient at every point. Verse nine says, and being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. And, and so he was tested and tried in, in, every, in every place, and he proved himself. So when we sing, worthy is the lamb, we don't just say that because you're the son of God, you came to the earth, you died for us. You actually, he, he actually did every, he fulfilled every jot and tittle, the scripture says, every detail, every test that the father gave him in every area, he passed with flying colors. He became the perfect sacrifice and became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. And he is our example. So if Jesus learned obedience through the things he suffered, you can sure bet I do not want to waste one test or one trial. I want to, I want to learn obedience through my tests and trials. Mm -hmm. Because I want to be like Jesus. Brokenness, brokenness produces the fruit of the Spirit. Yes. Galatians 5, starting with verse 22, says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Everybody say patience. Patience. <laughs> patience. Patience. That sounds like a an easy word, patience. The, I think that King James says long-suffering. That sounds more like what it really means, right? <laughs> yes. Patience, gentleness. kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Self -control. Ouch. 
And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That's actually the life that we're called to. <laughs> I, 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 said, I said when I was speaking on this the first time, I said, he doesn't want to hurt you. He just wants you dead. I, and I'm, I don't say that to, to try to have the, a good cliche is something to tweet. I'm not looking for something to tweet. I, he, he wants you to surrender your will, die to your will. You know, you've all walked through the same thing and you've heard the voice of God and you say, but I don't want to do that. I don't, I can't, I can't, I can't. You'll, you better. Yes. And you know what? That just brings me, I want, I, I want to say this, Re read this part of the scripture, because when we do, we reference Luke twenty two forty two. Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And in verse 43 says, and there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And I would submit that that is the same thing that happens for us. When we say, not my will, but yours be done. Don't you know that there is, that there are angels that would come and, and strengthen us? The Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us, that gives us power to overcome and to live the life that the Lord has called us to. Okay, you mentioned another scripture in your message. And these are also red letters, actually. Um, Matthew 21, 42 through 44. I'm going to read it in the New King James. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits of it. And then Jesus says these words, and whoever falls on this stone will be broken, but on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. You read that scripture. You, well, you actually, you referred to it in your message. Um, will you expound on that? Yes. I, um, it is so important that we understand, I'll just ask you this question. Are you broken or do you want to be broken or do you want to be shattered? Because one way or the other, you're going to have to deal with the rock. The rock, you're going to have to face the rock. You know, what, what is it? He's the stone that the builders rejected. You know, it's what, it, it just always comes back around. We're still rejecting the rock. Whoa, yeah. Wow. We're still rejecting the stone. Mm. And his desire is that we embrace it. Yeah. That we embrace the brokenness in our life and allow him to make something good out of it. Yes. So the enemy will 
will watch the brokenness happen and tell you all kinds of lies. And say, you, you caused this to happen. Or God doesn't love you to allow. God wouldn't allow this. And right, right. in, in, in fact, am I, am I too soon to... to uh, uh, I wrote a song uh, studying this when I was 21. Maybe 22. And uh, the, the lyric of the verse is, Our hearts have been broken. But with godly sorrow, we've repented our yesterdays and have hope for tomorrow. We've learned obedience through suffering and pain. Our hearts have been plowed. Lord, send us the rain. And the chorus is, Holy Spirit, rain on our fields. Let the windows of heaven be opened until the harvest is ripe. And the kingdom's fulfilled. Holy Spirit, rain on our field. And we sang this for a, a pastor in South Texas whose name will remain unnamed. Who pulled me aside and said, David, that's not scriptural. Well, we just read the scripture to you. But, but. She said, that's not scripture. Jesus became broken so we wouldn't have to be. Well, then why did Jesus say, deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me? When Jesus said that, he wasn't talking to people who had little trinkets that they wore around their neck. Wow, come on. They, they didn't have the benefit that we do. We look back at the cross and, and to uh, commemorate we carry the little cross as, as a symbol, the emblem yeah. of suffering and shame. But to those people that he was talking to, to take up their cross, they knew what a cross was. Yeah, yeah. They knew what the implication was. It was uh, an instrument of death. Jesus. Ooh, okay. <laughs> All right, you talked about brokenness, uh, which we've talked about brokenness. Now we're going to talk a little bit more about um, the crucible, a crucible. Do we have the scripture? I think we have the scripture mm -hmm. uh, where, where the word crucible is used. Proverbs 17. Proverbs three. 17 and 3. The crucible is for silver and the furnace is for gold. And the Lord tests hearts. Now, there's a lot here to unpack, and we're going to kind of break it down. Do we have uh, crucible? I said to you a few weeks ago, crucible means agony, anguish, calamity, cross, difficulty, stress, tests, trials, tribulation. They're all Bible words. But, you know, we don't pray the crucible prayer. We want to pray the success prayer. Enlarge my territory. And, and, and the thing <laughs> is, we, we have to just find balance. God wants you blessed. I love what Bishop said last week. What was he was singing the song? Uh, I don't want blessing. I just want you. No, I do want blessing, he was saying. <laughs> but there is a balance in surrender and blessing. In fact, James said, if you will humble yourself, 
in the sight of the Lord. He will exalt you. But you can't manipulate God and pretend to be humble just to get the blessing. It's got to be an authentic humbling, an authentic breaking. Uh, yes. Okay. So last night as we were studying, you looked up the word crucible in the Oxford Dictionary. And so some of these definitions were like, we just sat there reading them going, oh my, wow. So the Oxford Dictionary defines crucible as a ceramic or metal container in which metals or other substances may be melted or subjected to very high temperatures. A situation of severe trial or in which different elements interact leading to the creation of something new. Then it said their relationship, this was the sentence to kind of put it in context. Their relationship was forged in the crucible of war. A synonym for crucible. <laughs> this is a real encouraging word, isn't it? A synonym for crucible is cauldron or a melting pot. I, I, think, I think of John the Beloved yeah. being arrested. They tried to kill him. They boiled him in a cauldron of oil, yeah. but he wouldn't die. Some say he just kept preaching from the boiling oil. They couldn't kill him. This, we're talking about brokenness. There was one scripture that I read that uh, in, in the book of Acts where he says, uh, you will receive power to become my witnesses. One of those, one translation, instead of witness, it says martyrs. Now, the truth is, we have to face this part of Scripture. God is not a masochist. I, I said it to you, and I'll repeat it. He doesn't just want you to be in a place of hurt and pain. He just wants you to surrender. He just wants you. He, God is into death. Another source defines crucible as a transformative experience through which an individual comes to a new sense of identity. What I love about this is that we may not have a say in what the crucible is, but we do have an opportunity to decide what our response is going to be. Tell me, what is your crucible? Tell me a crucible. Tell me. You don't have to tell them. I'll just tell you. Okay. <laughs> well, I look over my life. You know, there's, I've had different, as all of us have, we've had different crucibles in different seasons of our life. I think of um, 
well, I'll, several years ago, and I asked Carson permission if I could share a little bit of this testimony. Um, Carson, our 14-year-old son, was 10 years ago diagnosed uh, with autism. And um, I was not prepared to drink that cup. And I certainly didn't want my child to have to drink that cup. But what the Lord has worked in me, in our family, and in this beautiful boy that's sitting on the front row, I wouldn't trade it. I actually thought I would never come to the place that I could say that. But in these last couple years, I have just seen how the Lord has worked in us, has, be, has made us more like himself in this journey. So that's one of my crucibles. But what it's caused us, what it, what it has, what it has. Our, our congregational care director just brought me a <laughs> tissue. Thank you. <laughs> What it has shaped in us is the ability to empathize. Well, because here's the thing. You don't know. You don't have compassion for something until you walk through it. Whether you are, you know, I was this gifted. Yeah. Where's Andre? You know, I, I see your son. And I've been around people in my life before Carson and I would see that child and think, why don't they do something with him? Not realizing that that child is dealing with autism. But it has turned our, uh, now, I, I used to be kind of just so, I didn't know how to interact with people with special needs. And so I would just kind of avoid it if I could. Now I run towards it. I've learned that it's, I just want to hug every special needs person I, that I can find. And, but I realize some have uh, sensory issues and they won't let me, but I forced myself. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh no, here comes that guy. Oh my Get goodness. Get away from me. <laughs> I, loved, I loved what you said even to Carson. Uh, when you were asking permission, saying that this circumstance uh, actually has been helpful to other people. Yeah. And did you know that, you asked me, sis? I didn't know that until now. That's right, yeah. Because we talked about how sharing our testimony and sharing our story brings encouragement to others and strengthens their faith. When, when someone sees that you are walking um, a, a road that they never imagined that you would be walking through, and you have made it 10 years down the road, whatever it is. Maybe you've been through a, a painful divorce. Maybe you suffered abuse as a child. May, there is a, a list of a million things. And we have had different, I, I, and I look over my life, there was a, a crucible of my childhood. Whatever you got made fun of at, uh, from when you were a kid, guess what? <laughs> that, that was your childhood crucible, you know, um, most likely. Um, but you know what, that chubby little girl named Nicole Power who could sing like an angel but didn't want to get up in front of anyone because I was so self-conscious of the way I looked, do you know what that worked in me? 
was humility and love for other people. The Apostle Paul, I want to read what the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 7. He said, so to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh. A messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. <laughs> Paul, Paul, said, yeah. Paul said in Romans 5, starting with verse 3, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Yes. Yeah, I, I want to say this um, because there have been seasons of our life uh, early on in our marriage um, even when we were serving at a church, um, that the leadership was, um, I will use the word, um, toxic. That's a pretty strong word, but, um, we suffered under the hand of, um, a Saul like leader. And there came a time we knew that we were called there. It was a church I was in from the time I was 12 years old. You, you came and worked on staff there. Um, and we were waiting for our deliverance from that place. <laughs> I'll just be really honest. And years down the road now, I would, I, I would make this what I see now as a false statement. I would say, you know, I don't believe God expects anyone to serve under that kind of leadership. And even just this past week, as we were studying this, I realized that's like saying, well, David shouldn't have had to serve under Saul. Or to pick, take your pick, Joseph shouldn't have had to go through what he... No, when God calls you somewhere and he says, this is the place you're supposed to be, there is a day when you submit rightly to to the crucible, to the, the circumstance that you are enduring, there is a day of deliverance. But I have made up my mind that I don't want to waste one circumstance, one test, one trial, one crucible. I want the Lord to do his work in me and, and, and pull out of me what needs to pull out, be pulled out. If it's if it's my opinion that I feel like I have to state about every, you know, political thing that happens or whatever it is, it, circumstance, you know what? I can shut my mouth. I can, 
choose to say, you know what? I probably really don't need to voice my opinion about every single thing. Or I, I, this is a place of crushing. The Lord is making sure that Nicole is dead and Christ lives on the inside of her. And so I would say that that, that crucible of, of this place of testing where we were, the Lord had us there and we stayed until we had a word from the Lord that said, this chapter is over. It's time, it's time to move. And the Lord literally just plucked us up out of there. And, and it was like, that's, released us into our exactly, destiny. That's exactly what happened. I was on a 21-day fast. And I wasn't praying for deliverance. I, but I was just seeking God. And, and I kept waiting for something to happen supernatural during the fast. I'm like, just nothing. Finally, I finished my 21 days and went and had a hamburger or something. But at the end of the fast, it was like I saw um, two hands close a book. I didn't hear any words spoken, but I knew in my heart that this chapter is finished. I didn't confer with Nicole. It was on Thanksgiving Day. I drove to my office and wrote a resignation letter. And we didn't know what we were going to do. But I knew it was over. And there was no conflict. There was no argument. It was just God said it's done. And um, I, I said when, when I first talked about it, everybody here probably has had some kind of church hurt. Yeah. There are different kinds of crucibles. Crucible can be cancer. There is a Carissa crucible, a Nicole Jordan crucible. Vanessa, you know right now what some of your crucibles have been. The shaping, the, the trial, the burden and that, that took you to your knees. The, the burden for your own kids to pray through. Sometimes our crucible is our kids. And sometimes our crucible is mean preachers. I said, mean preachers are unbroken leaders. Or a mean boss. Yeah. Mean people. Mm -hmm. Can I say this? We, I want to say this. We can leave the place of our testing because we don't like it. But we will abort the process that God is working in us. Crucibles can be wasted if we are hard-hearted, hard-headed, and we choose not to learn from them. But I don't want to waste my crucible. No, that is, that is the, the other side of if you, yeah. if you fall on the rock, you'll be broken. Yep. But if you try to resist the brokenness, the rock will fall on you and crush you to powder. Yes. So a crucible is a transformative experience through which an individual comes to a new sense of identity. What is the new sense of identity we're going to choose? Will it be bitterness, pride, and a heart of stone? <laughs> or will it be surrender, humility, and a heart of flesh? We're going to wrap this up.
with a few more red letter scriptures, and then we're going to pray. We're going to pray a nevertheless prayer tonight. Jesus said in Matthew 16, verse 24 and 25, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And then the one we started with, Luke 22, verse 42. Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church.